Welcome to day 67 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of scripture. Uh, we find ourselves in the wilderness where Moses is contending with God uh, as God has called him into a rich place of leadership, and yet Moses is reluctant uh, to go. And we see in him, you know, the reflection of ourselves. There's so many times we're willing to go when God hasn't said go, <laughs> and we experience, uh, you know, the unnerving effects you know, than has when we get ahead of God. And there are many times when we're not willing to go when God has called us to go and we miss out on the deep grace of God in our life, you know, as, as a result. So we read the biblical story. These are some extraordinary circumstances. Uh, Matt has already admitted to us that he, when walking through ATB, has not seen a burning bush any time in recent history. And that's a little bit extraordinary, but there is so much ordinary in this. Uh, people will respond as people tend to respond, and we see so much of Moses and us. He'll be used in extraordinary ways, but he has every human reluctance and every human fear, and he has a God who is reassuring him and working through him in spite of who he is. So um, Matt uh, signed us off yesterday with a high note of Israel believing God and worshiping him. Uh, we'll come to chapter 5 where they will doubt God. in a different direction. So I'm Paul Camp here with David Keefe and Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge as we continue this, our first week uh, in Exodus in our journey through the story of Scripture. So before we uh, read chapter 5, let's pause for a moment uh, of prayer. Father, thank you for your presence with us. And... Uh, we thank you for the reassurance that you you are with us, that you'll never leave or forsake us. And there are many times we feel distance, but the distance is not on your side. It's it's, it's on our side. And Father, we thank you for uh, your hand in the life of Moses. And even though many of these circumstances are beyond anything we would ever expect to experience, uh, your presence is something that we, we can come to know and we can come to rely on. And we thank you that the very Spirit who is at work through Moses to deliver his people is at work in us, bringing about the deliverance that you've purposed for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 5. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? that I should obey him and let Israel go. I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. And then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with a sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Go back uh, to your work. Then Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working. The same day Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and the overseers in charge of the people, you are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That's why they're crying out. Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says. I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. 
So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. Slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, complete the work required of you for each day, just as when you had straw. And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelite overseers they had appointed, demanding, why haven't you met your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? Then the Israelite overseers went and appealed to Pharaoh, why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, yet we are told make bricks. Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people. Pharaoh said, lazy, that's what you are, lazy. That is why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. The Israelite overseers realized they were in trouble when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required for you each day. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. So the warm moment of being reacquainted with their God um, gives way to the harsh reality of spiritual opposition. And uh, many times uh, we come from a warm moment of worship into a very real world where we have confrontations and difficulties and uh, Paul tells us all kinds of spiritual forces arrayed against us. I wrestles not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and rulers, you know, of high places in this dark world. So a lot of times we are confronted by the difficulties of living in a world where we will experience pushback and spiritual warfare and, and we melt at the very presence. It's something um, we should grow to expect and something, you know, they might sort of expected as God works you know, to bring about a a deliverance. Uh, It didn't come instantly. It it came over a period of time, and there were some harsh realities to be faced in the meantime. You know, you've got to kind of feel for the people of Israel, the kind of sinking moment of they they see Moses and Aaron showing up, and it seems kind of good news. They worship, and then just as it just gets turned so south so quick for them, um, and they're asked to do this impossible task of, making these bricks with without straw and just the burden they're under um and so we i definitely well if you hear the rhythm of the text yeah. you know and this is a feature of a hebrew text you know how many times in this passage did you hear uh, your quota will not be reduced find your own straw uh, and that that's repeated almost in every conversation and so you feel the weight of that mm-hmm. you know coming down on the israel people they're already in an impossible situation of laboring night and day for this foreign ruler and uh one of the you know one few perks that they had in all of this was they probably have never measured as a perk until this moment as at least there's plenty of a straw mm-hmm. and now you have to and they're, they're spread out through egypt uh using you know stubble you know to substitute as straw and still you know the demands are are, are heavy on them so you feel it in the repeated phrase mm-hmm. every conversation repeats that phrase and you just kind of feel the impact that it's having emotionally on them until finally they say and this won't be the last time they complain against the work of the lord it mm-hmm. will be an ongoing pattern you just kind of I, i'm thinking in in my head just what the conversations they might be having um with themselves and with each other which is like this god our god has um, performed these signs through moses and yet where is the straw where can he just give us the straw like wh- i mean where is he right now um if he promises to do these things and to perform these signs 
you know, where are the signs that actually help us? <laughs> you know. Yeah. No. You're 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 probably. Uh, it's probably a little bit deeper than that. They're not saying where is the straw. They're saying where is the deliverance? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why are we still making bricks at all? Much yeah. less making bricks in more difficult circumstances than we had. If the God has promised to deliver us, how come our you know we're being even more oppressed? And how come our you know, slavery is so much more onerous. So, so you've kind of gone for a lone bar there. You know, God, could <laughs> yeah. you give us straw? Just like yeah. They're saying, bag. God, could you deliver us, you know, <laughs> right. from these circumstances altogether? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And obviously a, a great reminder for us to Katie, look at this passage. we will get you some more straw. <laughs> you need some straw? <laughs> it is the season. As you, as you labor. October. As you labor. Yeah. But no, I mean, we, we resonate with that as well. Just the burdens of, of life and the seemingly constant kind of changing and evolving nature of things and yet we do have hope of deliverance we've received in christ they might not have obviously understood all that at the time but we as the people of god today under the burdens of of our lives we do have that hope um that can carry us through in christ and so obviously it's a great hope we have um today that we can hold on to and our deliverance doesn't come when we want it to necessarily our deliverance and how we want it to um it often looks very different and um, so we can learn something from them, um, from the Israelites here that, that grumbled against him, that grumbled against um, his, who he had sent to lead. Um, and we can just continually remember um, that our deliverance doesn't come when we want it necessarily and doesn't come how we want it and to trust in the God who yeah, there's is no doubt. You know, when Paul is recalling all the experiences of Israel, you know, in First Corinthians ten, he brings it, you know, to a fine point uh, when he encourages us and says, you know, there's no temptation that has seized you or testing or hardship that you've come across. There's no temptation that seized you. Except what is common to all people, and God is faithful; He will provide a way out. And we love that phrase. But the very next phrase is, so that you may stand up under it. Mm-hmm. We, we want out. And a lot of times he gives us grace to stand under. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to recognize God's grace in both of those, you know, in both of those mm-hmm. movements. And then, of course, they're, they're young in their experience of God. We, yeah. have, we have all of this retrospect, right. you know, to look back yeah. and, and still fail to see it. Yeah, I was going to say verse 2 is really an important question because Pharaoh says, you know, who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. It's not just that Pharaoh doesn't know who the Lord is, you know, but Israel itself doesn't really know the fullness of who, who God is. And, and after this moment, after this question, one of the repeated frames that we're going to see is that they may know that I am the Lord or that Israel may know that I am the Lord. I mean, in chapter 6, we'll see it over and over again. Say to them, I am the Lord. Say to them, I am the Lord. You know, I will rescue you out of Egypt that they may know that I am the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's going to say, I'll, I'll, I'll strike, you know, strike my hand against him that they may know that I am the Lord. No, there, there's, and, uh, there's kind of a, you know, nice little irony that I, I don't know who this Lord is. Oh, you will. Yeah. You know, by the time this is all over, you will know the power of this Lord and uh, his stubborn, uh, you know, his tenacity in rescuing his people. Uh, and not only will you know, but Israel will also know the great power of the Lord and his faithfulness to rescue his people. And, and so an immediate deliverance, even though that's what we would want, would sometimes short-circuit our ability to know the power of God in the middle of our difficulties and yeah. thus to know God. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that is the treasure we have is not you know, simply the deliverance that the Lord provides us, but to know this God 
and whom all of, you know, Paul would say of Jesus, whom all the riches of wisdom yeah. uh, and might are. Yeah. Yeah, my, just on a personal note, um, we have a little time, but um, my mom was telling me the other day that um, she still, you know, it's been a couple years since she lost her parents um, within a month of each other, and they both um, suffered a great deal of pain right before um, they went to be with the Lord. And, um, and you know, she's always really ha- struggled with that because, you know, one of the reasons you do hospice care is so that your loved ones don't have to suffer, um, that they can they can die um, without pain and that's not that wasn't the case for either of them and so being their children and being present for all of that you know she's as a strong believer in Jesus um, she's still struggling with why they had to suffer and and uh, she she told me that as she was worshiping the other day um, that the Lord just reminded her that that he didn't spare his son to in his son suffered the greatest that we could, you know, the greatest suffering we could ever imagine on our behalf and that he's with us in our suffering. And so just to make it more of a, even a personal note, like there are times that we are in the middle of suffering that we have, we don't know why we have to be in it, but that he's in it with us and um, he's a faithful God. And God in this moment, you know, has not removed our suffering. He's entered into our suffering and has taken our suffering upon us. Uh, but there will be, you know, the day when there will be no more tears and no more sorrows. Mm-hmm. And uh, the very, you know, uh, the very thought of those would be lost in the glory and the grandeur of what we receive in him. And so Paul could say, you know, as one who suffered in, in ways beyond what most of us, you know, will be, you know, called to suffer, that these momentary and light afflictions are producing in us an eternal weight of glory that far out you know, paces them all. And, and by that he means what we are learning of the presence of God in the suffering and the uncomfortable moments of life you know, is a greater glory than to simply have our, our suffering removed. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm in awe as a pastor many times as well when I see the suffering that God has called some of our people into that so far in life I've been exempt from. That doesn't mean tomorrow that I won't be, you know, exempt yeah. from. Yeah. And, and, and it is amazing to me. And, and, and the only thing I can say from afar is that God is faithful. He knows what he's doing mm-hmm. in that moment. And uh, his grace or, or the eternal weight of glory that's coming through our suffering is far greater than the suffering itself. I think Hebrews 11, you know, it's just great commentary in light of this conversation, this passage where, you know, the author reminds us that Moses chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin, you know, in Egypt. And, but then also he considered the reproach of Christ, you know, greater than, than the wealth, you know, of Egypt as well. And he looked for a better reward. And, and so, I mean, we're seeing that play out there. Yeah. You know, we will enter into the the suffering, and God's in it with us, you know, because it's far better than the. So Matt's been trying to work that in in the last three podcasts. At some point, I think finally got there, but it's what a wonderful, you know, what a wonderful point. Uh, Moses gladly set aside one thing, uh, which uh, led to a far more difficult side in order to embrace something else that in the end would be a far greater reward. And that's a lesson that. uh, uh, the children of Israel have not yet learned as they uh, kind of push back uh, on Moses. And, and it's and not by an doing so, for Moses uh, oh, no. and, and, and Nor us. Yeah. It, <laughs> never, it never is in uh, all that. Um, Matt, why don't you uh, close us out with a word of prayer? Yeah. Father, would you 
turn our eyes towards Jesus, the, the greater reward that we would, um, rather than choose the, the fleeting pleasures of sin, um, choose the reproach of Christ, choose to, to be mistreated with your people. Uh, Father, we know that that's a reality that can only be brought about um, by your work in, in our lives. And so, Father, we ask that you would continue to, to draw us to you. Um, thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder that you don't always just pull us out of our suffering, but you're with us in it. Um, and so, Father, we we await um, the, the final day uh, when you bring all th- things to their completed end. But until then, we trust you and, and we walk with you. Father, keep us faithful. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.